If you've ever wondered, what is the big deal about this person, Jesus Christ, that has transcended so many years, so many different generations, so many countries, he seemed to make a large impact on the world. And maybe you know about him, but you don't know him. I encourage you to stay tuned as we talk about this person, Jesus Christ, and we show how important he really is. Stay tuned. Are you looking for a home church that will teach God's word, that will encourage you to love your neighbor and encourage you to allow others to love you? Well, I would invite you to try Mount Pleasant Christian Church located in the great town of Hall, Indiana. That's right, H-A-L-L, Indiana. Now, Hall is a very small place, but don't let that fool you because the church there is a mighty place. We love the Lord, we love Scripture, and we want to follow Jesus Christ, and we want to encourage you to do the same. Our address is 5830 West Hurt Road, Monrovia, Indiana, 46157, and our service times start at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. Bring your kids Bring the rest of your family and come worship with us at Mount Pleasant Christian Church in Hall, Indiana. Hello again, everyone. I'm Randy Weddle. I'm the pastor of Community Church of Mooresville, and I'm also the pastor of Mount Pleasant Christian Church in the great town of Hall, Indiana. And I welcome you to this episode of Creation Anew. We are in the middle of a study of the book of Colossians. This is a book that was written by the Apostle Paul to a group of believers that lived in uh, what is now Turkey. Uh, they lived in a city called Colossae. And if you want to know more about the background of this book, I encourage you to listen to some previous episodes and you'll be able to learn those things. So let's go ahead and get right into things. We find ourselves in this study in chapter 1, and we're going to go from verses 15 to 23. So let's go ahead and begin. Let me read, first of all, uh, this passage, because this is a very important passage, and I have to really say, um, it's one of those that's uh, as a pastor, it's kind of a power sermon. What I mean by that is it is easy to kind of get on the wave of the words in this text and really, really, um, really pound what this message is saying. I personally love this section of scripture because it talks about the person of Jesus Christ and exactly who he is. And if you are listening today and you're a believer, and maybe what you're about to hear is going to be new to you, well, I'm glad that you're going to learn. If you are um, not a believer, but you've heard about Jesus Christ, I challenge you to listen to the words of this text and to listen to this podcast episode and see what it is that makes Jesus Christ so important. Why is why is 
the church, why are Christians always talking about Jesus? So please stay with me here. Colossians 1, verses 15 through 23. Paul says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, because by him all things were created, those in the heavens and those on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things are held together. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and through him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on the earth or things in the heavens, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he is reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, having been founded and firm and not drifting away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was proclaimed to all creation under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Well, who is, uh, who is Paul talking about here? Well, obviously, he's talking about Jesus Christ. And he starts right out, and he says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And what it means is, if you have ever, uh, in maybe a craft class or arts and crafts, have ever made stamps, or maybe you've worked with stamps, and I don't mean the stamps that you put on envelopes from the post office. What I mean are stamps that have uh, like an image on them. And you can press them down on a piece of paper. Maybe you've put, uh, put uh, covered the stamp with ink or maybe wax. And it leaves the exact image that on the paper that is on the stamp. So if you've dealt with that, then you know what I'm talking about. Paul is saying that Jesus is important because he is the very image, the stamp of God. When you look at Jesus, you see God. In fact, Jesus says this, and he says, when you look at me, you have seen God. So Jesus perfectly reflects the the. the he he perfectly perfectly reflects in a in a in a visible way the invisible god he was god in the flesh and by this paul also means that jesus is god in every moral way in every way possible we're going to learn a little bit more about that so one of the reasons why jesus is so important paul says is he is the image of God. He is God. When you, when you study the life of Christ, when the people that walked with Christ looked at him, they saw Jesus Christ. Do you want to know what God is like? Study the life of Jesus Christ and you will see exactly what God is like. Let's move on. 
Jesus is also, Paul says, the firstborn of creation. Now, this doesn't mean that Jesus was born. Jesus has no beginning because he's God. But what it means is he is preeminent. He is the first of all things that are created. He's not the first that was to be created, but he is over all creation. That's what Paul means here. Well, this implies a priority, a priority of rank over all creation. And Jesus, the Bible says, made everything. We see that in, in verse 16. Everything in the heavens and on the earth was made by God by Jesus. You were made by Jesus. I was made by Jesus. Everything. Everything that is visible, Paul says, and also invisible. And if you don't believe that there is an invisible world, well, look at the Bible, because it says there is an invisible world. And that invisible world is more than likely more real than the visible world. So, Jesus reigns over everything. Why is Jesus important? Well, he's the image of God, and he is preeminent, or he is over all of creation. He is more important than anything that has been created, including the spirit world, including the invisible world. And Paul goes on and he says, whether it is thrones or whether it's um, um, powers, whether it's any kind of rule, whether it's any kind of authority, Jesus is over that. Now, there are some things in here that we need to know. The, 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 the thrones that Paul talks about here, or power, powers, some of your Bibles may say, would be like a spiritual hierarchy. Um, some believe that it's an angelic hierarchy. Now, why would Paul mention that? Well, the reason why Paul mentions that is because one of the things about the Colossians that you need to know is that they were being attacked by people who were trying to tell them that they need to start worshiping angels. And when Paul says that, the, that Jesus is over all of the thrones, all of the powers, and he includes an angelic power, because angels are very powerful. If you ever think that they're just kind of pink little creatures that are cute and you know make nice pictures for your wall or your coffee mug, again, you need to take a look at Scripture. Paul says, you don't have to start worshiping angels because you've got Christ and Christ is above the angels. Paul also says that Christ is above and preeminent over rulers. Now, the, the term here would mean um, and refer to more of civil authority like governments. And, you know, some believe that these words, thrones and rulers, uh, powers may actually intertwine with the spirit world. And personally, I don't have a problem with that because Jesus is over everything. But 
I'm trying to to point out that Paul is not leaving any part of creation, whether it is visible or invisible, angels, demons, whatever creatures we may not even know exist, including the things that we can see, Jesus is over. So Paul says he's over thrones and rulers, he's over powers, and again, civil authorities, even the authorities in the heavens, angels, demons, those things are submissive to Christ. Christ is over those things. Paul says he's also over authorities. And, and I, I, I believe this points to civil authorities, definitely. So these people in Colossae who were under the rule of Rome, which could be very powerful, who were being encouraged to go after and worship things other than Christ, to add to the gospel of grace works. Paul says, hey, listen, let me tell you about Jesus. He is over everything. If you have him, you don't need anyone or anything else. And he is in control of all powers. Now, I know when we look at the world, it may not seem like Jesus is in control, but we don't see the whole picture. So Jesus is important because he is over everything. He is the image of the invisible God, and he is preeminent over anything and everything that's ever been created. Jesus has also, like I said, made everything. We see that in verse 16. And Paul goes on to say in verse 17 that Jesus is first in rank over all things, and all things in Christ are held together. And that means we see that in verse 17. And what that means is Jesus is over everything, but he also upholds everything by his power. So when you think of the earth, you think of the, 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 the change of seasons, you think of the universe and, and the order of creation, you think of how uh, nature works. Well, that didn't just happen by accident. It is set into motion. It was created by God, and it is held together by God. In other words, the change of the seasons, because here in Indiana, it's fall, and that means we have beautiful colored leaves. If you've never been in Indiana in October, you should come because it is quite the, um, the technicolor show, if you will. Well, Jesus is in charge of those things. He created those things and he commands the earth, the, the solar system, the universe, uh, everything. He commands how things flow. He is in control of life and death. Everything is held together by Christ. Jesus, Paul says, is also important because he is the head of the church. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, the church would confess that Jesus is Lord, that he rose from the dead. That was, uh, that was like a confession of believers. And some people may put it as some kind of mantra that you have to say in order to be saved. I don't really subscribe to that. What I believe 
is that someone who comes to Christ, who is convinced that they are a sinner and they go, they learn that Jesus died for their sins and was physically buried and physically rose from the dead. Whenever that person says, oh, I can have forgiveness in Christ, I'm going to trust what Christ did to have my sins forgiven. Well, they're saved, but that person would also subscribe that Jesus rose from the dead and that he is the Lord over everything. That's Romans 9 and 10. And when you're saying that, you are admitting that Jesus is the head of the, the, the body of people who have believed in him. That's the church. So he is in control of the church as well. We find that in verse 18. Paul also says that Jesus is the chief or the beginning. He is the firstborn of the dead, in other words. He is the 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 again, he's not he's not created. Firstborn doesn't mean created here, but it means that he is the first to rise from the dead under his own power. Now, there were other people that were resurrected from death before Jesus, but Jesus was the one that paved the way for everybody to rise from the dead. And everybody, both believer and unbeliever, will someday rise from their graves and then be judged. So we, we see that, that idea of the firstborn from the dead in Acts 26, 23, and, and then uh, the big one is 1 Corinthians 15, 20, and 23. Paul says with this that Jesus is preeminent above all things again. He says that it was actually pleasing to God for all of the fullness of God to dwell in Christ. We find that in verse 19. What in the world does that mean? Fullness there is the Greek word pleroma, and it means the totality of divine powers and attributes. So think of it this way. There was no attribute of God that Jesus didn't have. There was no power of God that Jesus didn't have. Everything and, and every bit of the essence of God, that's what fullness means. The, the, the nature, the identity, and the essence of God dwelt in the person of Jesus Christ. So Paul mentions this because there were another group that were possibly bugging the Colossians, and that was a group called the, the Gnostics. Now, the Gnostics were people that believed that you had to have a special knowledge. And when we come back, let's talk about that just a little bit more. We'll be right back. Hey, if you live in Indianapolis, Greenwood, Mooresville, Indiana, I'd love to invite you to come, if you are looking for a home church, to come and worship with us at Community Church of Mooresville. Community Church of Mooresville is a place where you won't find pretense. You're not going to find people playing church. You're going to find people that try to be the church. They want to, to follow Jesus Christ. God's word is proclaimed there. 
and people are encouraged to love one another and to depend upon Christ more and more each day. Services start at 11.15 on Sunday mornings, and you're going to be loved if you come there. Check us out. Community Church of Mooresville, located at 61 West Harrison Street in Mooresville, Indiana. Okay, here we are again. We are in a study of Colossians, and we we uh, were talking uh, of Colossians one and verse nineteen, and talking about the um, this passage that runs from verse fifteen of chapter one all the way to verse twenty three, talking about the importance of Christ. And one of the things that Paul talks about, we and we're we're in verse nineteen, and Paul talks about that all of the essence or the nature of Jesus Christ, of, of, excuse me, all of the nature of God dwelt in Jesus. We find that in, in Colossians 1.19. He uses the word fullness, which means the essence, the nature, the, whatever, whatever was of God that dwelt in Jesus Christ. And the concept is that Jesus was fully God. Now, this group that were possibly harassing the uh, the church in Colossae were called Gnostics. Now, their basic belief was um, based upon knowledge. It, when you think of, um, th- there's a Greek word called gnosis, and it means to know or knowledge. And that's where we get this word. The Gnostics were into a special knowledge. And if you had that special knowledge, well, then you were the cool kid. If you didn't, well, then you were just out. And that's kind of a simplification of things, but it helps you to understand. The Gnostics used fullness to mean that God's power was coming through other entities like angels. But Paul says, nope, that's not the truth. Again, you don't have to look to angels. You look to Christ. In him is all the fullness of God. In Christ was all of God's power and nature and essence. And with that, all of the perfections of God. Now, what do I mean by perfections? I mean the things like his eternal um, nature that he has always been and always will be. That's found in Christ. The fact that God knows everything, he is omnipotent. Well, Jesus knew everything. The fact that he, um, well, omnipotent, that he was all-powerful. I should have said omniscience. Omniscience means knowing everything. Well, that dwelt in Jesus Christ. The fact that God is omnipresent, well, that dwelt in Jesus Christ too. And you may say, well, wait a minute. Jesus admitted to not really knowing when he would actually return. And Jesus couldn't be in more than two places when he was a man. Well, you know, that the Bible does seem to say that. But these powers didn't leave Jesus. He just simply left them to the side. He wasn't grasping for them. So the fact that he 
wasn't grasping or they, they that he laid them aside in order to become man doesn't mean that they left him. Okay? All right. So let's move on. All of the uh, all of the fullness of God dwelt in Jesus and Paul says it was to fully reconcile or to bring back into friendship all things in Christ. And we see this also in Ephesians 2 verse 14. And when Jesus died on the cross, he made peace between God and a fallen world. That doesn't mean that the whole world will experience peace, but Jesus paved the way for that peace. So when Jesus died and paid for the sins of the world, he made peace through his own blood on the cross. We see that also in Hebrews 9.22. And, and Jesus fully reconciled everything, whether it was things on earth or things in heaven. Now, what I'm not trying to say and what Paul is, is not trying to say here, that was kind of an awkward way of saying things, what Paul is what Paul is not saying, boy, let me see if I can speak well. Paul is not saying here that that every person is going to be saved. But what he's saying here is just like you would reconcile credits and debits on a on a balance sheet, you're putting everything where it belongs. You know, when your checkbook, you write down, I spent this much. And then I, I deposited this much. And that's what Christ is doing whenever he went to the cross and whenever he died and was buried and rose again, he set everything in its place in creation. That's what Paul is saying here about reconciling. He's not saying that all people are going to be saved. Only those who believe in Christ will be saved. But Jesus fully reconciled creation. He is going to put everything back in his place. And you may say, well, why hasn't that happened yet? Well, the reason why is he is mercifully waiting for whosoever will believe in him to come to him. And there's going to come a time when that period is going to end and the whole creation is going to be set straight. Everything will be put in its place. And in doing that, Paul emphasizes that Jesus reconciled the Colossians in the body of his own flesh. We find that in verse 22. Jesus reconciled the Colossians who were formerly alienated and hostile. They used to do evil things. We find that in verse 21. In verse 22, Jesus reconciled the Colossians through his own body. Jesus Christ had to become man in order to die. And in order to be human, he had to have a human body. That's why the Bible emphasizes that Jesus came in the flesh. Over in 1 John, you'll see that John addresses some, some, uh, some ideas about Jesus not coming in the flesh, and he describes it as evil. He says that's, the, that's a teaching of an antichrist. Jesus came in the flesh so he could die. Jesus said it himself. He said, I, I came to serve, not to be served. I came to die for the sins of the world. Jesus came to die for sinners. 
and he had to have a human body in order to experience that death. That's why it's so important. And in, in dying, he reconciled. He made peace between God and man. He, he made peace between God and all of creation. That doesn't mean that all of creation will experience peace. Obviously, demons, they are unsavable. But in dying, Jesus had the authority to say the demons are going to go into their place for eternity and angels are going to go in their place. The unredeemed people are going to go in their place and the redeemed people are going to go in their place. Okay, I kind of hammered that hard, but I want you to know. And in reconciling the Colossians, verse 22, Paul says that Jesus can present them holy and blameless and above reproach in God's sight. This is terribly important because I want you to understand whenever you rested in the work of Christ, whenever you believed not in your own good works, but in the good works of Jesus for your salvation, what happened to you is you were declared holy, not because of anything you did, but because of everything that Christ did. And you also, now holy doesn't mean that you'll never sin again. Holy means that you are separated out. You are in your place for eternity. Christ also made the Colossians blameless. That means that Satan himself can't point the finger and say, look what they did. Because when Satan does that, when he accuses, Jesus can say, well, for the redeemed, my blood has taken away their sins. And it continually takes away their sins. It, ha it, it, it doesn't just happen once, it's, it's forever. So the Colossians, Paul says, are holy, they are blameless, and they are above reproach. Nobody can blame them. They will never, ever experience the wrath for their sins. That's great news for believers. If you're a believer today, just like the Colossians, you also stand, because of Christ, holy, blameless, and above reproach in the sight of God. Whenever you go and you pray to God Almighty, the only reason you can do that is because of the blood of Christ, because of what Christ did for you. In eternity, we'll be able to walk into the presence of God not because of our good works, but because of what Christ did for us. Now, if you've ever been in church and you've heard someone pray a prayer and they say at the end of the prayer, in Jesus' name, well, that that phrase isn't just a tagline. I'm just, you know, um, some kind of um, ritual phrase that we say. It has meaning, and what we mean by that is that we are recognizing that we can only approach a holy God because we have gone through his Son, Jesus Christ. Now, at the end, in verse 23 here, Paul puts an if. He, he has a conditional um, sentence. And he says that, that Christ is going to present them holy, blameless, and above reproach, because he reconciled them. We see that in verse 22. And then he continues in verse 23, and he says, if, so we've got a conditional phrase here, 
He says, if they continue in the faith and are not moved from the hope of the gospel. Now, there's something that you need to understand. The Bible, this section of the Bible, was originally written in, in the Greek language, not in English. In English, we have a conditional phrase, and it usually means, if you do something, then this will happen. In the Greek, you can have that type of conditional phrase, but you can also have a type of conditional phrase that is assuming that something has already happened. And that's the type of phrase we have right here. So you don't want to look at verse 23 and say, well, if I continue in the faith and, and I'm not moved from the hope of the gospel, in other words, I've got to keep my salvation that's not what Paul means here. You are saved by the work of Christ, and you are kept by the work of Christ. You don't do anything. All you do is just rest upon the grace of Christ and continue to rest upon the grace of Christ. Now, resting doesn't mean that, that you're inactive. I mean, when you hear the gospel for the first time, you have to ask for forgiveness or for salvation you call upon Christ Romans 10:13 says that is asking for mercy and after that you you continue trusting in or resting in Christ by listening to what he says in the, in the bible and obeying him again you do not do any good works to be saved or to stay saved. That's all the work of Christ. And what Paul is saying here is not if you continue being good, then you'll get to heaven. He's not saying that. He is saying this conditional phrase as if it has been determined as being fulfilled. That is kind of one of those strange things about the Greek language. So you can interpret this, that Paul is saying, hey, you have been reconciled. He's saying to the Colossians, you've been reconciled. You, um, you have been made holy, blameless, and above reproach because Christ has done this work in you. It is fulfilled. So please don't misinterpret verse 23. So, the gospel that uh, by which the, the the Colossians have been saved has been proclaimed in all creation, and it goes out and it does its work. And it's that gospel that Paul says at the end of this that he is a minister of this gospel that it, that has been proclaimed and goes out and changes hearts so people are saved, they're redeemed, and now they belong to this superior. God, this Christ, this, this person, Jesus Christ. So we see the importance of Jesus Christ here. And that begs the question, if you know him, are you enjoying this wonderful Christ? How do you know him? Well, you come to the gospel which says that all people have broken God's laws and the penalty for broken for breaking God's laws is death it's physical and spiritual death 
But Jesus, who is God Almighty, came. He lived a perfect life because you and I can't do it. He was sinless. He went to the cross and he paid the penalty for our sins. He died on the cross. And he fully paid for our sins. He was physically killed. He was physically buried. But then he physically rose from the dead. And the fact that he physically rose from the dead means that he truly was God. And when he says that he can forgive you and give you a new life, he is fully capable of doing that. Let me ask a question. Have you taken his offer of forgiveness? The Bible calls it believing in Jesus. And it goes further than just saying, I agree with this gospel. I, I mentally um, agree. It, it starts with a mental agreement. Okay, I think that this story is true. And then it's, a, it's an agreement that you go on from there and say, and I'm going to call upon this person, Jesus Christ, to forgive me. Guys, that's believing in Jesus. You don't bring any good works. You just simply come to him and ask to receive his forgiveness and his salvation. If you have done that, I want you to know, and this was Paul's point. If you have Christ, you have everything. You've got everything. You've got eternal life. You've got eternal riches in Christ. You have an eternal home. There is, yeah, you, you, you're going to face physical death. But physical death at, for the believer is like going from one room to another, taking off one suit of clothes, putting on another suit of clothes. Have you believed in Christ? If you have, rejoice that you have everything. You don't need to worship angels. You don't need to have special knowledge. You just need Christ. Now, if you're listening to me and you have never believed in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, what are you waiting for? You may say, well, I've done a lot of bad things. Hey, guess what? I have too. And you may say, well, you don't know how many times I've done bad things. Well, you don't know how many times I've done bad things. Even the worst of sinners can find grace and salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how powerful the work of Christ is. His grace, his mercy goes far beyond any sin that you could ever, ever commit. Why don't you believe in him? Call upon Jesus Christ and I guarantee you that if you ask the Lord Jesus Christ to take away your sins, he will do it. And then you can rejoice in knowing Christ, and then you start growing in him. All righty, guys, that's all we have for right now. I want to encourage you to contact me. My email address is randy at creationanew.com. Write to me. I'll be more than happy to chat with you. And if you live in the central 
or West Central Indiana area, if you live in Indianapolis, uh, if you live in Greenwood, Indiana, if you live in Martinsville, Indiana, if you live in Monrovia, Indiana, uh, if you live in Greencastle, Indiana, if you live in Plainfield or Avon, Indiana, hey, you can come. And if you need a home church, I invite you to come and worship with us at either uh, Mount Pleasant Christian Church in Hall, Indiana. Hall is a wonderful place. It's small, but it's great. You can come and worship with us, and you'll be loved by the people there. The service times start at 10 o'clock, and you can come and worship with us. Or if you're kind of a late riser, well, you can come and worship with us in Mooresville, Indiana, at Community Church of Mooresville. Now, look us up on Facebook. Look us up on the, on the web, and you can see the type of church we are. You'll see just a little bit about us. And if you want to know how to get to these places, well, by golly, just email me, and I'll be more than happy to let you know. You can also look up Creation Anew on Facebook, and you'll find videos and audios. Uh, let's see, you'll find, um, well, videos, and you're going to find uh, audios here on your favorite podcast uh, uh, areas and uh, various podcast uh, uh, outlets that you can listen to the, the podcast. You'll also see articles, and there's more and more coming. So... Um, come and worship if you do not have a home church. And I, uh, I would invite you to do that. So until next time, you guys have a great day, and I look forward to seeing you soon. And I just want to let you know how much I appreciate you. Thank you for listening, and thank you for staying with me. I appreciate it. Bye-bye.